are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the green gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Karkowski, and today we're going to dive into one final ideal mock draft. Kind of like Monday's mock draft was a pretty ideal mock draft. Here's another one just highlighting the rest of the players I really love in this draft. I'm really excited about. And these are the guys I want to leave this weekend with, either Monday's or today's mock draft. And so we're going to jump right into it here. And with the Packers' first round pick, okay, there's so many options we can choose from, but I have narrowed it down to my favorite player. And what I'm hearing reports of all over is that the Packers love this guy as well, and that's Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. I don't think Rashad Bateman's going to be available at pick 29, but I do think he could be available at pick 26. So I'd have the Packers trading up to grab him because I truly believe Rashad Bateman may be the best receiver in this draft class other than Jamar Chase. He's just that good. You put Rashad Bateman in Alabama's or LSU's offense the last two seasons, and you'd be talking about him the same way you talk about Devontae Smith. But Bateman is bigger and more physical than Smith. I really like Bateman as a true junior coming out, one of the younger prospects. And what makes Bateman so special is the fact that he's already a good route runner and has great releases. This guy has NFL-capable receiver skills, okay? That's not common. That's that's the one thing that the media has stopped evaluating, I think, sometimes. They look for statistics, athletic measurables, yet forget about the most important thing, and that's does he have the skill to play receiver? I love this guy because he can do just that. Bateman reminds me of Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen so much. Bateman is such a gifted route runner with amazing footwork, great technique, proven an ability to win as a true X receiver, which we saw as a sophomore, where he led the country in yards per route run. And also we saw him be schemed open in the slot as well over this last season. Even though he may not be an extreme athlete, he still caught 14 deep passes in 2019 and over his career had 36 broken tackles and 147 career catches. The thing I love about Bateman the most is that he won versus man coverage throughout his time in college as well and just dominated. Adding a guy like Bateman to the Packers wide receiver room would allow you to not have just one guy who can win as a route runner who right now is just Devonta Adams now you would have two and you still have MVS who can win deep and Alan Lazard who will win in the play action game and with his size yes the Packers had the number one offense in the in the NFL last season but you have to keep building on it look at the Chiefs look at the Bucks these are teams that had tons and tons of weapons over the last few years um, as you look at teams who are winning the Super Bowl and the best teams have the best offenses consistently and the best thing you can do to help a struggling defense is to have a dominant offense and this is the way the Packers can ensure to do that next season now in the second round the Packers originally pick at pick 62 but there is a guy I love and that is wide receiver Rondale Moore and so to be able to draft Rondale Moore you're gonna have to get into the into the 30s and I have the Packers trading up to pick 39 but not by trading their second round pick but by trading Jordan Love QB, Jordan Love. The Broncos are a team at pick 39 who need a quarterback, and I think they could miss out or not like one of the top five quarterbacks and just draft somebody else. If that happens, the Broncos are in dire need of a quarterback, and they will look around to trade for one, find the guy they want, and Jordan Love could be that guy. And that would be huge for the Packers because the Packers could trade up and get a guy in in Rondale Moore who I love in this draft. Okay. Uh, Rondale Moore, yeah, you're taking a big chance on him because he is a lot of injury history. Uh, and it's hard because it's like, why would you draft him? You just drafted Rashad Bateman, but 
this is an entirely different player, and this is a guy who has the potential to be Tyreek Hill, okay? Now, I'm not saying he will, but he has that potential. He's just that good. When he was 18 years old, he dominated the entire college football landscape at Purdue, was entirely the best player on the field every single time. But the Packers don't have a player like this on their team. Okay, this is a guy who he can be your jet sweep motion guy. He can be your big play guy. He can be receiver screen. He can get quick passes. He's your yak guy. That And that's just not in this offense except with Devontae Adams. But that's not the best use of Devontae Adams. It's not. I, I just listened to an interview with, with Rondell Moore the other day, and this guy is just a humble, high-character, underdog guy, which I love. He played in an offense at Purdue with no QB ever. That's why he uh, never has gotten to take advantage of his route running skills because at Purdue, they just got him the ball quick and let him go. That's what he, and he was amazing at it. He had 114 catches, 1,250 yards, 12 touchdowns, 37 broken tackles as a true freshman. So talented. Injuries have derailed his career, but this guy's a dynamic slot weapon and he's going to move down the board because he is 5'7". He is a short player. And because of that, he's going to be limited in the NFL, but he has some of the best stop-start ability, some of the best broken tackle ability, and this guy is crazy, crazy strong, and I'm excited to see him get healthy and be in the NFL. The Packers are going to... Rodgers is going to see the blitz, and he's going to actually have a guy he can go to who he can rely on to get yards after the catch with Rondell Moore, and that's exciting, so, so exciting to think about. And this guy is a guy who can be your punt returner, be your kick returner as well. This guy is dynamic. He had 4-2, 40-yard dash speed. He is quick, agile, everything you want in that small receiver we just haven't had. Okay, This guy might be one of the most athletic receivers in the draft. He had... uh, 99th percentile on the bench, pure strength, 99th percentile on the vertical with his explosiveness, 98th percentile on the 40, and a 668 three cone, which is 92nd percentile showing off that agility. This guy is truly dynamic, and if this guy played at a bigger college, oh my gosh, this guy would have been lit up. And if he could have stayed healthy, I couldn't imagine what his college career went like, and I'm so excited to add him because I think he could be the next Tyreek Hill, and we could get him in the second round, and that's just amazing. Now, Still in the second round. We're going to keep going, and we have that pick 62 pick, but I'm going to have the Packers trade up six spots, get rid of a six-rounder, get a seventh-rounder back, and to select. Uh, and they're going to trade with the Seahawks because the Seahawks have like three or four picks in this entire draft. They want more draft picks. And so this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to select here at pick 56, cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. Super instinctive, can read the routes, understands leverage. Amazing burst, bounciness. He tested well his pro day for... And good enough, but this guy, he's just good. He's just a good cornerback, okay? Every year in college, he got better. He started his career 109.1 passer rating giving up. He finished last season with a 46.2 passer rating. This guy is just good. That's what he is. He has amazing instincts, really good run defender, which is going to work right in our zone heavy scheme. He's a little undersized at 5'10", but that's okay. This guy has good ball skills. You don't need to be huge to work in a zone scheme. I think that's something... I haven't always uh, understood, but and I want to believe you have to have a tall, lanky guy. Yeah, it's ideal, but I want to. I want the best corner I can find, and Asante Samuel Jr. I think is that here in the second round, and he reminds me a lot of Antoine Winfield Jr. last year coming out of the draft. Just a guy who's kind of just being overlooked because he's not a crazy athlete. He's kind of smaller, but this guy is going to be good. He's physical, instinctive, just like his dad was in the NFL, and I'm excited to see him on the Packers. And so now. With the Packers have already filled so many needs, but now with the third round pick, I have the Packers going to get 
offensive tackle Brady Christensen out of BYU. So in my last mock draft on Monday, I had the Packers drafting Walker Little. The other tackle I love, Christensen is the other guy I love in this draft. He put on a clinic in 2020, one of the best PFF grades of any player in this draft class, 95-plus grade as a run blocker and a pass blocker, and just insane guy. This guy is not just a one-year wonder, though. He almost had an elite season back in 2019 as well. The only thing that's bringing down Christensen is a couple things. His age, he's already 23, and he has short arms, which makes people worry he can't play tackle in the NFL. But this guy is an extreme athlete. He played at extreme level, um, and I think this is why he's going to be available here at the end of the third round. But this is a guy you take a chance on. He could still play tackle in the NFL. At the worst, he pl- he's an amazing interior offensive lineman, and that's exciting Okay, to have on your team. And then next, I'm going to grab... N- I have a versatile interior offensive lineman tackle in Brady Christensen, and now I'm going to grab a straight-up, I think a guy who can be the center for the Packers in 2021, and that's Kendrick Green. Okay, Love Kendrick Green, and here's why. He is an insane athlete. His pro day was insane. Explosive. He was 40-yard dash, 99th percentile, 20-yard split, 97th percentile, 10-yard split, 97th percentile, vertical, 99th percentile, 100th percentile on the broad jump. He's a little lighter. He's a little shorter. That's why he's going to probably move to center. He played guard in college, but this guy is insanely good. He's so athletic. He's so good. He improved as a player throughout his time in college from a 59 grade to a 79 grade to an 88 grade over the last three years as a starter. Okay. And this guy is why the Packers are going to love him so much is because he's going to fit great in the outside zone scheme. He's been an elite run blocker in that way. And he actually tied Landon Dickerson, a possible first-round pick, for the most big-time blocks over this last season. So high-level blocks. But he did that by playing in only eight games a season. So he played two-thirds of the amount of time that Landon Dickerson did. Um, and he had just as many big-time blocks. This guy is destroying people on the field. I think he can be a center in the NFL. He has the potential to be that center this season. And that would fill our offensive lineup perfectly for this year, almost even next year as well and give Rodgers the protection he needs to continue to play at an elite level. The Packers have given Rodgers elite receivers. He is. We have given Rodgers enough players to make sure he is protected all season long uh, in a good, solid way, top five offensive line type of way, which is awesome. And now I want to move towards the defensive side of the ball with our fourth-round pick. I want the Packers, other fourth-round pick, I want the Packers to draft a edge rusher, okay? And... The edge rusher I want to select here is Cameron Sample, edge out of Tulane. I love this guy, and here's why. He stood out at the Senior Bowl, and that's always a huge deal to me. Okay, This tells me so much about a prospect, how good he really is, is here. He is 78% win rate at the Senior Bowl, which is the highest pass rushing grade of any defensive lineman and edge rusher at the entire Senior Bowl all week. I like what he brings. He's 6'3", 267, four years of college football. Every year, he just got a little better. Okay? Got better as a run defender, as a tackler, as a pass rusher, and just winning consistently at the Senior Bowl, too. I think it's just a great piece to add to your defensive line. And I like him. He's a high-floor guy I want on my football team. Then, the other guy I'm going to add here is I keep moving with my ideal draft is in the fifth round, with my first fifth-round pick, I'm going to grab Khalil Herbert, running back out of Virginia Tech. 
This is my favorite running back in this draft when it comes to value, okay? This is a guy who, if I had a choice, would I would be 100% okay with running my offense. And that won't be the case because the Packers do have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But if an injury happens, this guy will be ready. This is another older prospect, but uh, after never getting the starting job during his time in Kentucky, he ended up transferring for his final season in 2020 and had a career season. This is a low-to-the-ground 5'9 running back who is not easily taken down at 212 pounds. He's got some sneaky speed as he had big play after big play in 2020, having the sixth most carries of 15-plus yards of all running backs in college football last season. Uh, the most important stable metric to predict future su- success for running backs is PFF rushing grade, force missed tackles per attempt, yards after contact per attempt as well. Okay, Those are three of the biggest and most stable metrics from college to NFL performance, and Herbert is a perfect zone scheme running back who has hit all of those metrics. Okay, He had sixth highest rushing grade in this draft class, 14th most force missed tackles, and the fifth average yards after contact in 2020. Okay, This guy is really good, and I really like him this late in the draft. I... And this is, I think this really is a guy who could come in year one, be a starter for four years on your team, and I would would love it. I think he's that good. And this is why I don't draft running backs day one, day two, is because there's guys like this in almost every single draft class. On day three, you can draft day one starters. Uh, This is why I don't re-sign running backs to huge contracts, because you can find players like this. And this is a guy I'm hoping is around on day three. And if the Packers do face some injuries this year, which there was times this year where both our, both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams got hurt, and we had to rely on A.J. Dillon. Luckily, we had A.J. Dillon. He had a great game against Tennessee. Uh, but if that happens this year, we have nobody else to go to. Okay, And injuries happen every year. Now we're looking at a 17-game season, and you have to be ready for that. So I love Khalil Herbert here with the Packers' first first fifth round pick and as I record this I'm I'm noticing my phone go off as the Broncos actually just traded for QB Teddy Bridgewater so they're probably not a team who's going to trade for Jordan Love which I was really hopeful they would be that team Uh, they must have realized hey this is I don't like where this draft is looking right now they must have realized hey or they must have not liked one of those fourth fifth options at quarterback and they realized they should just trade for Teddy B this year to make sure they got a guy who they are comfortable with starting and so uh, that does leave Denver off the table to trade for Jordan Love but there's still other teams there's still other quarterback needy teams who might be out there and might say we want to groom a guy in our offense for a year to be ready to start next season and they'd still could possibly give up a second round pick, you know, a team like the Patriots, a team like the the Washington football team. So one of those, the Steelers even, if Kyle Trask comes off the board early, they've had rumored to be interested in him a lot. So still, this mock draft still can work. This still is an ideal mock draft. Some quarterback needed team giving up their second round pick so the Packers can move up for Rondale Moore. And now moving back into our ideal mock draft here, we got at pick 178 for uh, second fifth round pick, Packers drafting Patrick Johnson edge out of Tulane. I know it's pretty crazy to draft two edge rushers from the very same school, but I really like these two players. Patrick Johnson, a little different than Cameron Sample. He's he's taller, but he's actually lighter, actually, as well. He's at six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds. He is a smaller, thinner dude, and that's why he's being drafted this late, uh, because he does need to add some weight to his frame. But I do think if he can be if he can do that, I think he can be disruptive in the NFL. He's a great athlete. Above average explosiveness, speed, agility, sub-seven, three-second cone, which allows him to really bend off the edge. He broke out three years ago as a true sophomore, okay? As a true sophomore, he had a 91.3 pass rushing grade. 
and he racked up 44 pressures that season. But he ended up having a unique role in this defense where he didn't get to rush the passer as much and really had to not always play on the edge. And it just really, it did affect his his PFF grade, okay? Uh, it did affect his ability to get those sacks, get those pressures as much as he did that tr- during his true sophomore year. And because of that, he hadn't been as highlighted the last couple years. But I think putting him in the right situation, he could still be that guy we saw who was elite during his sophomore year at just 19 years old. Just this last year, on true pass rush sets, on to true pass rush snaps, I mean, he had a 91.9. So that's an elite pass rushing grade this last season. Continues to be a good pass rusher. If he can add weight to his frame, I think he could be special in a year or two. Okay, the big thing here is the Packers are picking two more edge rushers in this draft class because it's important to add these guys because as you look at the Packers' future roster and you're looking into 2022, if the Packers do decide, hey, we want to keep Aaron Rodgers on our team, they're going to have to find other places to find money for this team because the Packers are in a tough salary cap situation. And the only other real place that they can actually get some money back to be able to afford to actually have a team next year is by cutting Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. And that might be the place the Packers will have to go. And so the Packers are going to want to have guys already on the roster, not guys they're going to have to draft and immediately put into play. And with drafting two guys this year in Patrick Johnson and Cameron Sample, and then last year's seventh round pick Jonathan Garvin, the hope is that one of these three guys hopefully would be ready to step up, be the starter in 2022, and Rashawn Gary obviously is going to be the other guy. Hopefully he will be ready to be our primary pass rusher for this team. So then moving on to the seventh round pick because the Packers tra- traded both of their sixth round picks. We have two in the seventh no- though now. I want to grab Tay Gowan, cornerback out of UCF. So Tay Gowan, one year of college football after transferring throughout um, his college uh, seasons and it was in 2019 he had that one year and in that year he had an 80.1 coverage grade 78.7 run defense grade he was targeted 50 times he only gave up 40 percent of those targets as catches okay he only allowed one deep catch all of that season which is insane he's pretty fast he's pretty long and he has the burst to close uh when he's attacking at the catch point and it's really cool to see on tape is seeing him close very very quickly okay uh he didn't face a ton of competition at UCF but he had a solid pro day for a taller cornerback and he's just not really getting the love because he really only has that one season he played he only played really one season when he played he was really good and then he opted out this last year because he has a young daughter who he didn't want to put in danger it was cool to listen to his interview it just it was just a really, I love the reasoning for it, and it just seems like a really good guy who is a re- willing to sacrifice for his family, He's but he's also willing to work super, super hard, and I just love that character. And if you find a guy with that kind of character, with this type of production, and in the seventh round, I think that's definitely a guy worth taking, especially when your cornerback room is pretty empty at this point, and especially because the Packers really don't have anybody, not that many guys with this type of height on their cornerback depth chart right now so I really like this pick for the Packers and then finally with the final pick of the draft the Packers have is another seventh late seventh round pick and here we're just going to take a stab at somebody and I'm going to grab Justin Hilliard linebacker at Ohio State so six foot one 229 pounds not a huge linebacker by any means but you don't have to be in today's NFL it's actually not ideal to be oversized at that linebacker position and he's not but he's actually not the most athletic guy ever 
either, okay? Um, and that's why he's being drafted in the seventh round. But what we saw from Hilliard in college was a player that got better and better over the last three seasons at a big-time school at Ohio State. 56.7 overall grade in 2018, 78.5 in 2019, and then a jump up to 82.4 in 2020. So Hilliard only played about 500 snaps during his four seasons in college because he was actually a fairly injured player. He had tore his bicep two years in a row, which took him out. He tore his Achilles in year three. And then in 2020, he finally had the chance to play the most he's been able to. And he played really good this last season. Just a solid linebacker, decent coverage, decent as a run stopper, uh, finally being at full, uh, pretty darn healthy. And he just plays really physical, way more physical, way bigger. You wouldn't guess that he's 231 pounds, except that he looks a little shorter on the field than everybody else. But he doesn't play like that. He's really physical, and this guy just seems really instinctive. And taking out a chance on a linebacker late in the draft like this, I think is worth it. Okay, it reminds me of kind of the Packers drafting Kamal Martin last year, uh, because this is a guy who can run your defense. He's the guy who could actually be a Mike linebacker for us, um, the guy who's willing to call the plays, able to call the plays, and he seems smart enough to be able to uh, orient the defense where it needs to be. Sometimes that is hard enough to find. There's not that many defenders who are that smart who can control and run your defense. And if you can find someone who can do that, he's going to play, okay? Because you can't always find a really athletic, really talented guy who can also be smart enough to do that. And Hilliard, I think, can do that based off what I'm seeing because he took away snaps from Baron Browning this last year, a guy who's probably going to get drafted in the second, third round. Um, the Ohio State coaching staff was like, no, we're going to play Justin Hilliard before Baron Browning, okay? And that guy was uber athletic but that just tells me just how smart and how much of a leader Hilliard is compared to Browning and I really like that about being able to draft Hilliard this late in the draft so really like that a lot and so in conclusion this is my other ideal situation for the Packers on Monday we got to talk about my one ideal scenario drafting a lot of different players as well and then here's my other one and yeah the Packers with this trading of Jordan Love we're not gonna have any backup quarterbacks on the roster but who cares? They shouldn't be even, they should never even be playing during the regular season, except if the Packers are crushing an opposing team. Okay. Sam Ellinger as well. And Felipe Franks could both be undrafted free agents. Our quarterbacks. I really like who could come in as undrafted free ag- free agents and compete to be the backup, learn behind Rodgers for four years and l- work on what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. I don't think they would be able to, but maybe they can be backups and that would be fine. I would love having those two on the Packers sidelines. And I think those two guys could push Aaron Rodgers as well. Not just a first-round QB, but these guys could push him as well because Ellinger with his athleticism and Franks with his arm strength. I think he's going to push Rodgers to constantly be critical of himself. And, okay, hey, am I doing what it takes to continue to be as athletic as I can to make plays with my legs? Franks, what am I doing to – this guy's a huge arm. How can I have as big as arm here – as him by using my lower body, not just my upper arm to try to throw way, way down the football field. So I really like this mock draft. I really like what this Packers team could be with how this draft went, adding two unique receiving options, one that can be a dominant actual receiver route runner in Bateman and the other in the gadget yak monster in Rondale Moore. Then the Packers still were able to get an instinctual proven corner in Asante Samuel Jr. who could be the starter at least in the slot this season, possibly on the outside, and then add depth with Tay Gowan later in the draft as well. Packers added lots of quality players to our offensive line in Brady Christensen, Kendrick Green, both who could start in year one. 
And the Packers even added another running back to the mix to ensure if anything does happen to Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, the Packers have someone who can take the lead. The Packers plan for the future with all these picks as well by drafting edge rushers to be ready for next offseason as well, while still helping the team this year. Having a draft that looks like this or like Monday's mock draft would be ideal for the Packers this weekend, and I'm hoping it goes like this. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned. Tomorrow, we're going to look at some day one, our perfect targets for day one, and just some rules of the NFL draft that the Packers have to put in place to be successful this year. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review, so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast, and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get the latest updates on the green and gold, because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.